10 to 1, episode 139. All-time favorite books, 2021. Welcome to 10 to 1, the podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Melissa Kozer. And I am Brian Kozer. And we are finishing up our beginning of the year episodes. <laughs> Here in March, or whenever these air, April? Well, yeah, now that we only post every other week, they stretch out a bit. Still kind of feels like the beginning of the year, though. Um, well, and we also add, we would have been done last last time. But we added the Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. Valentine's oh, Week. That, that's one of our greatest episodes, in my opinion. Yeah, it was fun. That was a good one. Uh, but this time, we're back to talking about books. Short short break, couple episode break, but we're right back into books. Know. We know you guys are all tired of talking about books, but we just had to drag out one more. And probably the next five episodes after this will also be about books. <laughs> <laughs> depending uh depending we'll see but uh this time we're talking about our favorite books of all time we've never done this list but i felt like after we did uh 100 books last year it was time it was time uh so we we've done top uh favorite board games of all time a few times and we did tv shows last year mm -hmm. this year we're doing books maybe next year we'll do all-time favorite movies or all-time favorite video games or something like that and we'll keep yeah. we'll rotate every every four or five years i'm sure there'll also be some changes yeah. for most of those lists so um how'd you how'd you get your list of favorite books well i have a list of about uh let's see i have 26 that are i off the top of my head i would say are my favorites mm -hmm. um for the first seven of mine the top seven of my list is books that i've read no i take that back most of the top seven of my books are books that i've read and reread and reread uh so those are the clear clear winners and then the last three are ones that i've read either once or uh just uh, just one or two times, but they're so good, and the memory that I had, the experience that I had with them was so incredible. I know that they're going to be favorites that I'll go back to time and time again. Yeah. I don't see these ever uh, ever fading with time. Right. All right. Yep. I went through, went through Goodreads and looked at every book that I've read. <laughs> Just make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, and I don't think there's anything I would have forgotten if I had just done it off the top of my head. But uh came up with 14, 15. Uh, I'll, I'll have 14 for tonight. So I'll have a few honorable mentions. But uh, yeah, five on my list I've read. I've reread five or I've only read once. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll have to reread those in the next few years and, and make sure those... Those stay on the list, but uh, yeah, pretty happy with uh, pretty happy with my top ten. I think it's definitely the top ten or so um, is a cut above. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of five star books, but yeah, I think it's 
there's a definite list of favorites. Well, so. I'm not going to say that everything on my list is high literature. Yeah. Um, there's there's a, a at least one very guilty pleasure on here, but sure, and it's probably not for everybody, but I like it a lot. Um, yeah, well, it's favorites, we'll any... not best. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. do that another time. And usually, favorites are are somewhat weird or yeah, yeah, odd in some way. Yeah. Do you think we'll have any crossovers? Oh, let me look. I think we will have. I'm gonna say two crossovers. That's what I was thinking, and a possible very we could faint have more. chance for a third. I'd say I'm pretty confident we'll have two. But there's three or four that it wouldn't surprise me. Um, so I'd say maybe a 50-50 chance we'll have more than two. Well, I'll have some explaining to do about those that you think are probably going to make this list. So oh, without we'll further ado. Yeah. Uh, was there anything? It seemed like there was one other thing I was going to mention, but maybe not. Oh, oh. Um, we didn't talk about what we're going to do for the stinger, but maybe we'll do. Uh, is if maybe there's a book on your to read list that ha- you think has the possibility oh. of coming onto this list, and we'll we'll yeah. come back in five years and see if it's on that Ooh. On the list now. So oh. be thinking about that while we. Oh. I know I forgot to <laughs> mention it. <laughs> that means I've got to go through my want to read. Well, books while I'm talking, while you talk, you ignore me. Any, you can ignore no, me. No, but I want to hear what you're saying. <laughs> there's a few things where, well, like, on our New yeah. Year's resolutions, yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, dabbling yeah. on about all these. Uh, technical projects yeah. you're going to work on. That, that's when I check out. I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm being real here. But I want to actually hear this stuff yeah. about books. This is interesting. Well, we'll see how it goes. Not to say that you're other So what's your number 10? <laughs> My number 10 is Night Watch by Terry Pratchett. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> so I have, in one sense, only read this once. In another sense, I have read and reread and reread this because as soon as we finished for the next two days, I kept on going back and rereading uh, certain oh. sections and oh, this other section that was great too. And I, don't I, know if I knew essentially that. just reread the whole book a couple times <laughs> in the following days. Wow, and it's amazing. I think it's Pratchett at some of his finest. Yeah. Um, yep. So it follows the story of Sam Vimes, uh, one of the Discworld characters, and. There's a whole you you can't just read Night Watch. You have to start at the beginning of the Guards Guard series. Um uh and follow this character's story arc until you get to Night Watch and it is the climax, it's the pinnacle. It's so incredible uh how Pratchett handled uh, this storyline, I just, it's one of my favorite storylines and I don't want to give out any spoilers, but this one's, this one's so good. Very satisfying. Yep. I agree. Um, one of my favorite Terry Pratchett's, I think we talked about it on, uh, Discworld on a, uh, I don't Discworld. Think we, we haven't no. done any Discworld <gasps> episodes, but next year. Discworld books, <laughs> maybe next year, but, uh, uh, I think we talked about it the year, the year that we read it. I feel like it it would have been a top ten for the year if it's on your top ten of all time. So it was, yeah, believe me. But it, yeah, very good. Uh, okay, um, I I know that another thing that I was going to to preface this with 
Um, I did not put, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to rank fiction versus nonfiction. Um, so I only put one nonfiction book on my list and, um, and I also didn't put the Bible. So, well, yeah, just in case, uh, just in case you were wondering where the Bible was going to pop up. Um, (laughs) Way to... You always got to pull the holier than thou card. Obviously, obviously, the Bible is uh, foundational for the uh, for civilization as we know it, <laughs> and for us, like said, in particular. But like you said, it's not top ten greatest books. It's top ten. Oh, there you books. go. Good point. It's my number eleven. The Bible's my number eleven. <laughs> um, and and also. Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily my favorite nonfiction book, but it's my favorite nonfiction book right now. Um, so for me, it is uh, number 10, From the Garden to the City, The Redeeming and Corrupting Power of Technology. Oh, uh, yeah. I've tr- got to read that. Yeah, you should still read this one. Um, I was trying to figure out when I talked about this one. I don't, I can't find it on our non-existent site search. Um, but I'm searching DuckDuckGo. <laughs> And not seeing it either. Uh, so in, in that, that's odd. I, I need to implement search for our website. But uh, it was a it was a favorite the year I read it. And um, uh, it's still still one that I remember um, really hitting me. And uh, you can go read my Goodreads review if you like. But his basic I, his basic uh, premise is um, that uh, mankind started in the garden. Um, but it's not going back to the garden, it's going to the city. And so the city implies technology because technology is not just uh, cell phones and flying cars, um, but technology is is any sort of tool um, that humans have come up with. So a city means walls, it means buildings, it means, um, you know, uh, gates, it means uh, uh, agriculture. I think there's there's reference to the tree. I guess that's not necessarily agriculture. But anyway, uh, so it means technology, and it means that things that people have come up with will be integrated into uh, the new heaven and the new earth, which is, uh, I thought, really fascinating, really fascinating thing to ponder on. And so, uh, yep, it was definitely a a uh, a, a switch-flipping and he, he also talks about uh, another big, big point that he makes is that technology is not morally neutral, um, which I would have always said it was. So uh, definitely go check out From the Garden to the City. This is by John Dyer, a, uh, a theologian and computer programmer. So uh, a very interesting guy. That's my number 10. All right. My number nine is you're going to be a little surprised that it's this low after how I have raved and raved about it. But I've only read it one time last year, and it's The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. Oh, yeah, Yeah. The Martian Chronicles. Mm -hmm. You know, that one that just keeps Honorable mention for me. I forgot about The Martian Chronicles. everywhere (laughs) by me. I'm spreading the word. But yeah, I would have uh, thought this would yeah, be on there. Yeah, I I plan to reread it very soon, and then certainly in the next five years. Um, and I don't see this one ever, uh, 
ever getting boring for me because it's so human that and that's the beauty of his story it uh there all the little stories are about people and even when it's about martians it's about people that's my number nine the martian chronicles hmm i kind of forgot about the martian chronicles i'm not saying that i'm redoing my list but um, but but uh just uh put a pin in that this seems to be a theme with you lately changeable can't can't uh commit in that so what's your number nine all right so my number nine is going to be book that we just read last year reread both really loved uh was a book i couldn't finish the first time i read it couldn't get into it second time uh respected it and liked it third time loved it it's dune you know what a great book this made my this made it onto this list not the top 10 yep. but i considered it because this last time reading through was incredible mhm yeah um yeah just such a uh i don't know i guess it's a i guess it's a book you have to reread because mm-hmm. uh, uh certainly for us both found that that was the case that enjoyed it so much more uh, going through it again and uh, uh, definitely helped that there was a uh, a series that the Sci-Fi Christian did, and uh, their literature series are always a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, definitely go check out their series on Dune uh, after reading it. And uh, yeah, really excited for the movie this year, October, right? October. Uh, maybe the, we can see so. that in the theater. Maybe that'll be a, a return to the theater for us. So. That is my ninth favorite book of all time, Dune, by Frank Herbert, the sci-fi classic. The sci-fi classic. Frank Herbert is not the sci-fi classic. Dune, the sci-fi classic, by Frank Herbert. Indeed. All right, so my number eight comes from a comic book. Uh, I don't, did you predict this would be on here? Comic book series? Uh, is it Astro City? That, yep, that not too Your many people Astro have City? probably heard about. Yep. It's called Astro City. And the, the it's the fourth installment in there. <laughs> uh, and it's called The Tarnished Angel. Mm-hmm. And it follows this character called Steeljack. And so he, it, it's a, you know, of course, heroes and villains, superheroes and villains. And he is basically a big thug and uh, uh, thief who his superpower is that he has metal skin and he was you know he was a criminal in his younger days now he spent his life in prison he just got out on parole or good behavior or whatnot and uh, he's he's just tired he just he's done with crime he just wants to you know settle down. And it follows him through the hard life. You know, it's it's hard getting out of prison and you want to do right. Um, Boy, is it. I mean, I, I wouldn't know for sure, but that's what I, it seems like from movie depictions and book depictions, that it's hard to turn over a new leaf. For sure. Um, and, of course, all of his family and friends, uh, most of them are criminals of some kind, but it's it follows him as he sh- he shows that they're good people who are also criminals 
And uh, boy, it's so such a good narrative uh, talking about what's good and what's evil. And is someone ever truly evil or truly good? And it's, it's incredible. You have to check it out. Really great art, too. Yep. Yeah, I think it's I think it is the best Astro City volume. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, I uh, I raved good. about it the first time that I read it and then I I, I after I cooled the pyre the fires had died yep. down a little. I checked it out. And I was thinking, "Man, I sure hope this lives up to it." And I came out stronger in love than ever <laughs> after that second reading. Nice. Like it is a more just as amazing as I remembered. So that's my number uh what is, 7 8 what are we on? 8 uh, yes. What? Eight. Yeah, eight is the Tarnished Angel in the Astro City comic books. All right. Uh, my number eight is Hyperion by Dan Simmons. I, I got to get around to that. <laughs> yep. This one was uh, a favorite book from, or the second favorite book that I read in 2017. And uh, yeah, uh, it's Dan Simmons, um, one of my favorite living authors. And uh, he's just so good at writing, um, uh, I guess, left brain and right brain. About He brings in so much literature allusions and really deep thoughts. And then also um, has some, some really great sci-fi ideas. He packs into this one like five or six great sci-fi ideas that could easily all be uh, their own story. And, and I could see another author just, um, you know... A, using one for a, for an entire book and he just really packs them in. And, um, it's sort of a Canterbury tales structure where he has a whole bunch of characters on a, a pilgrimage and they're all telling stories to each other. And, um, uh, they're all, all revolving around this planet Hyperion that they're going to. And so you're slowly, um, slowly learning about, about this planet and why they're going there and some of the mysteries, of that place it does if there's any criticism for it it's that it ends and then there's a book two that finishes the story of the characters um but it's just such a strong um it's so strong structurally how you have basically um a, a six i think novellas um that all tie together so well that uh you know i i don't think you i don't think it would be better if you added the um like you know with lord of the rings you could put all three of them into one big mm-hmm. volume um and you, i guess you could do that here too but uh man this first volume is just uh, so good and so it is my number eight favorite book of all time dan simmons hyperion Got to check out uh, the next two. There's sort of a four-book series. First two and the second two also kind of sub-series. So I've read the first two. Maybe, uh, and I've got the third one on audiobook. So maybe when I start traveling for business again, I'll get to that third and fourth one. Yeah. All right, what's your number seven? All right, my number seven is by Diana Wynne-Jones. I like several of her books, and... I think her best is a book called Archer's Goon, 
which is kind of a weird title, but there's this character named Archer, and he sends this big thug, a goon, to go visit this young boy, Howard, and his sister... I forget her name. And I know, favorite book. It's been a while. Uh, but anyway, Arch, uh, Howard's dad owes Archer money, and so the goon is there, and he's going to wait and collect the money. And before you start thinking this is like a uh, noir detective novel or anything like that, or crime novel, it's actually fantasy. And uh, throughout the book, you're trying to figure out who is Archer. You know, why does uh, Howard's dad owe him money? And... uh, And more questions than that. And that I'm not selling it. It sounds dumb and boring. But there's all these questions that keep on raising. And the more that you find out in the plot and the story, the more you're like, well, wait, how does that tie in? And and who are these other characters? And, And what's really going on here? And if you are paying attention, the clues are there that will eventually, uh, lead you to the big reveal. Uh, and this book, the first time we read it, we read it out loud to each other, I think. Yeah. And yep. was it on our honeymoon? I think. Maybe. It was, it, I think it was. And I just remember there being this moment, like, or several moments where we were, we were talking and discussing about things. Yeah. And then fun. there was a time where all of a sudden we we're like, oh my goodness, the book's going here, and sure and, and and sure enough, it did. It was so great, and some things I saw that you didn't see, and other things, uh, vice versa for you. And uh, I've never gotten tired of rereading this. It's a fun, just a fun story all by itself, and very cleverly written. Nice. Yeah. Yep. It was uh, 2012, so probably it could have been. That we started it on the honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Finished it. uh, The next year. Yeah. Finished it a week later. Yeah. (laughs) In January. So. So. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I have not reread it since then. So. uh, Oh, yeah. We finished reading it January 1st, 2012. So sure enough. Um, I have not reread it since then. So maybe uh, maybe I can read it to one of the kids at some point. Yeah. Or we can read it all together. Probably to. Yeah. Lydia's. The only one who's old enough for it. Yeah, it would. It all fly over Amber's head. It would be. It wouldn't be for a while. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so that's my number seven, Archer's Goon by Diana Wynn Jones. All right, and my number seven is a book by Douglas Adams, and no, it's not The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or any of its sequels. It is Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. I considered that one. Yeah, this is one that I've reread a bunch of times. Um, it paled a little bit on the reread form, but it's still a four and a half. I think I've liked it better on rereads um, because there are some things that I didn't understand the first few times I read it um, that I only got later. And it's another one of those books like you were just talking about. Uh, Diana Wynne jones likes to do that too, where there's a bunch of weird things that seem unrelated, and then at the end, it turns out they are all related, or they all become related by the end. And so, uh, yep, it's uh, it's weird, and um, definitely his lesser-known series. Uh, the second one's not so good. 
Um, let's see what else. Uh, it was a. It started off as a script for a Doctor Who episode, and he actually. Uh, there is a Doctor Who episode that he later scripted that's similar to this. Which um, one? I don't remember the name of it, but it is one we actually watched with uh, uh, Tom Baker, the curly-haired, okay. long-scarfed doctor. Um, I do know who Tom Baker is. Yeah. So, well, the listeners oh. may not. Uh, so it's it's that kind of, uh, uh, I guess, humorous, uh, time travel uh, kind of basis, and then he's got uh, his character of Dirk Gently, who is uh, uh, one of my favorite fictional characters. Dirk Gently is a really great fictional character, yep. I will say. <laughs> so, um, you know, he's sort of the, uh, there's a few, a few other things I can think of. Um, there's actually even another book on my list that has a character of this, and the archetype is... Uh, sort of the false prophet. I was going to say the false prophet that, um, that ends up being prophesying truth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or the, the fake that, uh, that actually becomes real kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's a great book. I recommend it. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams. Okay, so one of my favorite scenes in that book, if I can just pull it up. Here we go. And this, there are some really great moments in that book, and here's one of them. On the wall was a Duran Duran poster on which someone had scrawled in fat red felt tip. Take this down, please. Beneath that, another hand had scrawled, no. Beneath that, again, the first hand had written, I insist that you take it down. Beneath that, the second hand had written, won't. Beneath that, you're fired. Beneath that, good. And there the matter appeared to have rested. Nice. I know. I just love that. The back and forth. All about just... just and it paints a picture mm-hmm. as, you're fi- as you're finally meeting. Like, there's a lot that goes on in the book before you actually meet Dirk Gently. But right. this is right before you meet him. And right. it just, it really sets the stage. It's so great. Yep. First read this one in 2005. So this is the book that I read longest ago that is still a favorite, I believe. All right. Um, I need to look up who wrote another wow. one of my favorite books. Wow. Because. I can't. Because I have other priorities. Thank you very much. I can't really think of a book that's one of your favorites that you wouldn't know who the author is. Shut it. It's E Forward. I knew that. This is still on your. This is still a favorite book. Villains by necessity. Even after rereading it with me. Mm. Okay. I know. Even finding typos in there, I still really love this story. It. I just can't wait to see what didn't make your list because this is on your list. I look. I told you ahead of time. There is a guilty pleasure on here. This is not great art. Glad you feel guilty. I like it. Well, I feel a little guilty because, yeah, it's not great. And there's some really great stuff that I didn't put on here. But I, I've reread and reread this, and I just never get tired of the When was story. the last time you read this, though? Ten years ago? When we no. Got, when no. you read it to me? That wasn't ten years ago. Pretty close. It was at least eight years ago. Was it? Let me pull it up. Unless you've read it 
since you read I'm it with me? I'm pretty sure I've read it since then. I don't know. I wasn't as faithful on Goodreads. And even still, I, I don't always... I'm a faithful Goodreads I don't Goodreader. always um, write down when was... Uh, or post a review every single time that I read uh, or reread a book. Let's see. Let's see all my activity. When is the last time? Finished reading this book just four years ago. Thank you very much. Ah, okay. Humph. Four years. That's that's not bad. I have been feeling it's about time to, to read this again. Uh, but yeah, it follows. It's So I really like quests. Uh, I really like The Legend of Zelda, where you've got to uh, go around and collect all these medallions so that then you can unlock this thing and go fight the big bad guy or something like that. And that's that's essentially what Villains by Necessity is, is you've got six very unlikely heroes. They're all villains. Um but they've got to do good in order to save the world. Um, I don't know. That just sounds so cliche when I say it, but I really like it. And, uh, but you know, there's, they're still not changing their natures. They're just going to do this one good thing to save the world. And then they'll go back to being the dirty, rotten people that they used to be. And, uh, but there's a bit of a redemption arc for one of them. And, yeah, they each have their, their certain task that only they can do. And then uh, they, that helps them to unlock uh, the way to go defeat the final bad guy. So It's definitely very video gamey. It's very... It is. And I yeah. like it. I guess I wish she had... I felt... this is. I don't think this is a spoiler to say. I don't feel like she kept the premise the whole time i don't i feel like she betrayed oh I'm, it it betrayed sh- the premise by the end yeah it certainly could have been written bit. better but this is my ready player one okay that's fair and by your ready player one you're not saying that ready player one for me is a favorite book you're saying <laughs> there are people that really like ready yes. player one yes. i just want the listeners to know this is true that's fair that uh yeah no, I don't like Ready Player One either. Ready Player One That's is a garbage book. You have not read it. I feel like I've read it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've read it. I read Armada. That's good enough. Uh, yeah. Good enough. And I had you read a lot of excerpts from Ready Player One to me. There's some good I excerpts to the podcast. for sure. For I'm sure. Done. All right. My number seven, Villains by Necessity by Eve Forward. Okay. So we're on to number... Oh, no. We're still on six. It's my six. Uh, oh, was that six? Yeah, six. Yeah, you threw me off there for a second. Six. <laughs> first crossover. It is Nightwatch. And, uh, yep. This is the one that I was... I thought there was a very dim chance it would be on your list. Wow. Uh, I didn't even... I, this is one of the four I thought uh, could could possibly be a crossover. Um, but not even the most likely crossover did I think this one was. So Yeah. Me neither. We'll see if we get two. Um, yeah, uh, everything you said is right. I think it's uh, not his funniest, but it's his. It's definitely a more uh, somber in tone and darker sometimes in tone mm-hmm. uh, than his series usually is. And so maybe it works best when you've already read some of his uh, uh, kind of more jokey books. And um, kind of seeing the characters all as 
as humorous and some of them as you know, buffoons. And then um, you get this book, which is kind of a flashback and see some characters in a different light mm-hmm. and um, uh, make some of them more sympathetic. And uh, I, I, I really like when you establish a character and then that character goes against type um which is maybe kind of what you were just saying with villains by necessity that you liked uh or that might be part of what you like uh so uh he does that really well here and it's um it's his take on uh oh boy uh Le, Le Miserable and it's uh uh his take on um uh, it's got time travel uh it's got really great characters and uh, some really emotional scenes. So, yeah, it's I'd say it's easily his best, and it's my favorite. This is my number six, Night Watch, by Terry Pratchett. So, on to your number five. Yeah, my number five is Piranesi by Suzanne Whoa. Clark. Look at that one book. time read. Skyrocket up there. This one is wow. This one will never fade. Yes. So, uh, you want to go into this one blind, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's too much of a spoiler to say that there is a house, and it's very big, and it just makes you want to keep on finding out more about it. I think that's a a good. Uh... <laughs> Non-spoiler entry. <laughs> Not being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, it, uh, I cannot say anything about this book. You just have to go read it. But yeah. take it from us. This is a fantastic book. My number five. Piranesi. P-I-R-A-N-E-S-I. By Susanna Clark. Yeah, I could see, uh... I could see on reread this one being a favorite, so a little little tease for there. Mm-hmm. But it's not the one I can I can most anticipate. Oh, I already know. I guess it's one we've already read, and I had talked about. Yeah. One that we haven't read that could be. But this is one I could see moving up on reread. Really liked it, but some books I I don't want to just put on just from Aww. one read. Oh no, I already so. know this one's gonna be it's gonna be golden every well, time. I think so, but. This one I want because I liked the beginning the best, mm. like the first third before or first know. half before you know. So I wonder, I wonder if I would still love it as much. Well, I love. But I I really like it. I really love that moment when the main character. Uh, oh man, I can't say that because that's spoilery. Yeah, but I know, you know I'll still like it, but yeah. will it be a, a favorite? I mean, I've read a. 1100 books now so top 10 is we're talking the top less than one percent so this is not on your list it's not on my list not quite a not quite a crossover that's that's a shame um yes this did not make it on my list uh from books that i read last year Uh, in fact there's only one book that i read last year Uh, that was my third favorite book from 2020 uh, my second favorite book from 2020 didn't make the list, but my favorite book from 2020 made the list. Do you remember my favorite book from 2020? Is? Nope. That was two months ago. That is my number five, Jane Eyre. Ah. 
man. Charlotte Bronte. I forgot it. Oh, yeah, that was so I, surprising. Yeah. <laughs> a girly novel. It's, I guess, one. my favorite classic. Uh, yeah, there's classics. My honorable mentions, but this is, uh, I guess this is the one that's highest on the list for me. And uh, yeah, go back and listen to our, our episode from a month ago. But uh, yeah, what a great character. And uh, what an engrossing yarn. So you'll have to get to this one. That's my number five. All right. Jane Eyre, Charlotte Bronte. Well, my number four is... Another crossover. No. This one's not going to be on your list. Oh, but boy. it's Little Women. Ah. Uh, I've been recently reading this to the great illustrated classic to my girls. And even in the just the little illustra- illustrated classic, I'm still choking up spoilers but you know it's been out for a long time so i don't feel like it's that big of a deal yeah uh, i still 150 years yeah. so i still choke up every time beth died that i read about beth's death mm. and mm-hmm. um just even even in the little little the great illustrated classic i i had a hard time keeping a level voice reading this to my girls and it's so, it's so human. Uh, you've got these uh, girls who are trying, their mother is trying to raise them to be productive citizens and, you know, uh, just uh, to have good qualities, good virtues and so forth. But it follows them through all these different uh, everyday life occurrences that, you know, any of us might face. And... Uh, their struggles, it, it just feels so true to life. Uh, but with a message of, uh, you know, I can, I can do this. I can, instead of uh, beat down that, oh, man, this is so true to life. And uh, it, <sighs> okay, let me rewind here. And I think out loud, if you hadn't picked up on that. Uh, but so oftentimes when I read a book, it's because I want to escape for a little bit from reality. Not that I have a bad reality, but you know, you just want to, you want to enter another world. Uh, this is, Little Women is exactly like our world, but I don't mind that. It's so true to life that it's, it's, it helps you almost uh, with the real world. So I don't know if that sounds like praise to you or not, but I like it. Louisa May Alcott wrote Little Women, and that's my number four. Yeah, it looks like I've only read excerpts of this for school. So uh, I guess I do not have an opinion. I may read it at some point. It's on my Goodreads to read list. So who knows? What was that, number four? Yeah. Yeah, I know you like that one a lot. I'm glad the uh, girls are enjoying that one. You know, it's one of the few books that they have asked me. Like, they'll remind me and say, Mom, mm-hmm. can you read Little Women to us? Mm-hmm. They haven't done that with any other book that I can think of. I mean, they have for books that I've read to them. But this is probably the first <laughs> one that you've read to them. Well, well. <laughs> yeah. Some of those other great illustrated classics Lydia's gotten into. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Uh, Gulliver's Travels. Well, I started reading um, 
20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And she was interested in that, but not like, like she is in Little Women. Yeah. All right. My number four is from... Let's see. It's my favorite book that I read in 2017, which is also the year I read Hyperion. And also the year I read Don Quixote. Wow. That was a year. Uh, so uh, 2017. And this is actually the reason why Martian Chronicles isn't on the list. Although it should be an honorable mention. Uh, because it's something wicked this way comes. And uh, I like this one better. And uh, yeah, I didn't have a, a rule against putting two books by the same author on the list. But, uh, but maybe partially because in comparison... Um, and I, I do like this one quite a bit more. So I considered this one. It's on my top 26 and I want to reread it first. So I love this yeah. book, but I, I wonder if it would be different just reading it instead of listening to Christian Rummel, mm -hmm. uh, carry me away in his amazing voice. And, uh, so and then also, like, we've had some people, uh, I know your family read it, and uh, they weren't as keen on it. And so I was like, well, did I miss something? It could just be, though, that they didn't have Christian Rummel narrating it. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely very um, poetic prose, almost, uh, maybe almost over, overwritten, mm -hmm. overly flowery. So I could see uh, when you're reading it... And especially um, if you haven't read a bunch of other um, books written in that way, where it's not just uh, the plot where he, you know, goes off mm -hmm. into, uh, you know, I'm going to now talk about uh, boys in September or mm -hmm. boys in October instead of, you know, where he goes off on these tangents. Right. I could definitely see where an audiobook could carry you forward um, and you just kind of listen to more the the sound of it and, yeah. and things like that um so i could see that i i would like to read it um in book form so let's do that in the next few years but well i am planning to re-listen to it this yeah. coming week while i <laughs> am with your mom oh, okay and so uh if we had waited just another week then That's perhaps true. it might have been on this list all right well there you go that's oh, wow. uh that's your um Oh, what was the one I said for me? Oh, Piranesi. This is your Piranesi where couldn't do it from one lesson or one yeah. read. Maybe next time. Maybe in yeah. five years. All right. That was that was another one that I thought was a possible crossover. So at this point, uh, it's not looking like we're going to get to. We'll see what happens. What's your number three? I foul if oh. a certain one is not on your list. We shall see. All right, There's my, not many left. My number three is The Scarlet Pimpernel Whoa. by Baroness Imuska Orgsi. Whoa. I love this novel. Uh, so it's about wow. a gentleman who acts the buffoon, in order, and that's his disguise, in order to rescue uh, French royalty fugitives during the uh, French Revolution. And uh, I just feel that the intrigue and the... Uh, the politics, politics in a book usually bore me, but not in this one. And there's, uh, there's romance. Usually when there's a husband and wife, uh, you know, usually the romance works best when you've got a guy and a girl in there. 
uh, they're not married yet and you're waiting for them to fall in love or whatever. Well, here you've got a husband and wife and uh, there's there's treachery and betrayal and there's mistrust and you're you're rooting for them to come back together but just there's so much in the way between them. And uh yeah, this is this is an amazing amazing book. Short too. Unfortunately for me, great for first time readers. I think I'd agree with you back when you read it in 2016, four stars. You know, I was just looking down and I noticed it's four stars. I'm bumping that to five. Goober me, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I really liked it in high school. It's a, a good love story, good action, swashbuckling, disguises. Uh, definitely influential on uh, on future future characters like Batman, for example. So it's good. I, it's definitely a classic that's easy to hand to people and say, uh, you're, you're still going to enjoy this. Yeah. As uh, somebody that somebody in modern times, yeah, still very readable. So, well, that's a good pick. I did not know that it was a a top around four, three, a top three favorite book of all time. Mm-hmm. So, huh. um, so your top two, I guess, are five star books, at least. Um, <laughs> whatever, stingier it's, than it's I am a with five the star, star book now. Um. <laughs> I think maybe your memory of it is five stars. But he's reading it four stars. Whatever, it's five stars. Um, so last year I read Captain Blood, and that one is very similar in a lot of respects. You've got the swashbuckling, yeah. the romance, the the heavy wit, or, yeah. or not heavy I wit, thought uh, that one very would be here. clever wit. And it's on the before top twenty six. Um, but I've got to reread it first before I can fully weigh in. Gotcha. Yeah, I just I definitely don't remember. Uh, what what year was it? 2017 you read Scarlet, Scarlet Pimpernel? I guess it wouldn't have been on our podcast because it was it would have been a reread for you. Four at that years point, ago. Right? Yeah. Would it was it was that the first time you read it? No, 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 no. I'd okay. read it before, okay. like in high school. Maybe okay. college. Yeah. So it wasn't on we didn't mention it in that podcast episode, so maybe that's why I don't remember you really raving about it like you have about other books or even like Captain Blood. That's so. true. Hmm. Um, yeah, hmm. I did read this for the first time in high school and you know, high schoolers don't have fully matured tastes, but I really no. loved this back then. That's never changed. Which Captain Blood was your eighth favorite book that you read list last year. So I guess you have seven books that are either in your top two or in your honorable mentions. That's last year, pretty good. Last, last year, year was a really good year. Last year. Wow! Yeah, we'll get sure was. we'll get to some of, some more of the ones that I read last year that are in the in the honorable mentions. But boy, last year. Okay, give us your three. Okay, my number three is going to be Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell. Yeah, with how many times you've uh, you've Piranesi's talked about this older brother, <laughs> larger brother, <laughs> much larger, more. Uh, more baroque brother <laughs> definitely a uh, i still i've probably said this a bunch of times too but i still can't believe this was a a new york times bestseller and and a hugo winner and and so well received because it is it seems like such a niche book and such a weird book um but uh i, I guess uh, uh regency england edwardian england is popular 
uh, continues to be popular today. And, uh, you know, everybody likes fairy stories. So, uh, really like this weird fantasy. Definitely not a, a, a ripoff, uh, 80s, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, generic fantasy kind of book. So I'm definitely drawn more to those. And, uh, this was another one that I, I really liked the first time, but on reread even better. So Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, you can go back in our podcast archive and hear me talk about it for a long, long time with uh, over an hour. Yeah, I, you would you would like it. You did it this with, with Seth Heasley. Yeah, with Seth Heasley yeah. on his podcast. Hugo's there, so go listen to that. I forget if I listened. I think I did listen to that. Maybe not. Um, I don't know. Probably. I probably did. I think so. So that's my number three. What's your number two? Well, my number two is not going to be a crossover with you. Is it a book from last year? Uh, or are there no more books from last year? It's... A few books from last year, because it's a book series. Oh, okay. It couldn't have been... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piranesi was your favorite from last year, and that's already been here, so... Yeah. Okay, okay. Yep, so it's the Wheel of Time books yeah. series okay. uh, by Robert Jordan, which I just found out a couple, a week or two. That's not his real name. His real name is James Oliver Rigney Jr., which is... It's not bad enough. You Random. No, it's not. I, would I, I wonder go with why the... he... But Robert Jordan is a pretty easy to say name. It's true. I like it. So anyway, I uh, I read the Wheel of Time books in at like early high, probably middle school actually, and uh, liked them. And then I he hadn't finished writing them at that point. And with each book that came out, I would you know it was several years in between each each book and I there's a lot of characters a lot at play I usually have to go back and reread the whole series or a lot of the uh, books beforehand to kind of get an idea of okay here's this character and here's where they've come from and um, you know here's where their story arc is uh, and then uh, Robert Jordan died and I just gave up I was like well I guess I'll never Never get the end of that story. And Brandon Sanderson stepped in and did the rest of the world a favor and finished uh, the series from Jordan's notes. And those last four, uh, the last two or three books especially, are incredible. And such a great payoff for uh, just so many things that Jordan set up earlier in the book, in the series. And a box down in the middle. Uh, and I'm okay with that. I've, I've come to terms with it. I still love the series. At this point, I have, I've read it at least four times all the way through. And I'll never, I'll never stop reading these over the years. Really? Yeah. Because there's long things that I like that I don't see myself going back to. That's so much time. I and there's so many books to read. How can you? That's why it's my number two. Continue to reread a 13 book. I think it's like 15 books. Times like 800 pages each. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, I don't understand. I will. You say I you know. don't have enough time to do everything you want to do, and then you read Wheel of Time again. So <laughs> I'm going to remind you of that next Look, time. Usually, when I reread it, like I burn through that thing. 
give me three nights where I can have four hours uh, or or less, <laughs> and I will burn through that those however many hundred pages. All right, I've read the first one, um, but I think I read it too late. I was in college at that point, so yeah. I wish I had read it earlier. I think that ship has sailed for me. That's okay, and I don't expect most people to really get the love. And this one, it's not for everybody. Uh, we have been partnering with our friends, the Sci-Fi Christians, yep. and it's not for everybody. We recorded another episode uh, that you heard, if you listen to them. Uh, that's going to be uh, in April. We'll be posting that, that seventh book in that series. So, And you're, you're about to start the eighth. Uh-huh. I plan to read it this coming week. All right. Blow through it in one week. That's how I do You've with these some, books. You've got some big plans in this next week. Oh, I know it. <laughs> Away from children, I'm going to do so much reading. I guess. Audiobooks galore, reading at night. I had thought about getting some rest, but now I'm going to stay up late and do a lot of reading. All right. Uh, let's see. So that is number two, mm-hmm. a whole series, not a single book. If I, I had to I pick, will point out. If I had to pick a single book from the series, it would be the first one, The Eye of the World. Whoa, and it all goes downhill from there. Oh, brother. That's, no, that's disappointing. I just think because it, it works best, it's it's very standalone, and it, it can it can work all by itself. But on the other hand... it's your favorite? Uh, well, no, maybe A Memory of Light, which is the okay. last book. Well, there uh, you go. That one, one not even written by Robert Jordan. <laughs> What a great series. <laughs> you hate her. Just, just give me your two and oh, stop hating. Oh, my. Okay. Um. <laughs> um. Right. Uh, so my number two, and you might try and pull the same thing on me, but no, this is one book. Just had to be printed in separate volumes. This is wartime. The Lord of the Rings. Reread Fellowship of the Ring last year, and um, I think this was probably another one that I read in high school, and I liked it, but certainly part of it at least was, uh, and I would have even probably said, like, oh yeah, this is one of my favorite books, but certainly part of that was its reputation yeah. and other people liking it, and so, so you want to seem, uh, you know... You don't want to say your favorite book is Villains by Necessity or something Shut like up. that. Uh, so you say it's Lord of the Rings. I, th- I think it's another one like Dune where I liked it. Maybe it wasn't mature enough or maybe it was because I reread it. But man, what an amazing book that first one is. Uh, I'm going to reread Two Towers this year and, and Return of the King next year. But uh, what a great writer. What great characters. Uh, I mean, invented a genre, basically. Oh, His own... His own fantasy uh, genre. Tolkien is um, so incredible. The the poetry that he wrote and the uh, stories, even the things you would expect that would be boring, just hobbits hobbiting around, is so great. So uh, I think we I think it was an honorable mention from 2020 since it was a reread. But uh, man, uh, this is this is it. On reread, now I can say it actually yeah. is a favorite. 
So Well, the Two Towers is on my list, my 26th list. Okay. So, you know, lest you think Yeah. If you I group them, have so, a garbage list. No, I thought this one was this is the one of the other ones that I thought yeah. was a possible crossover. Um I if want, you put them together, does that raise it or lower it? Do you like the two towers significantly more? I than like the, other two? the two towers significantly more. Uh, interesting. But I've only read each of the books once. And yeah. uh, Fellowship was a long time before the other two. And okay. even still with, with uh, Two Towers in Return, I there were several months in between each of them. So the next time that I read it, I want to blow through the uh, the whole thing from Fellowship to Return of the King. Right. Um, with, you know, as little time as possible. And I want that experience. And then I'll reevaluate. For when we do this, we do this list in five years. Makes sense. I think I'm predicting that Fellowship will be my favorite. It's my favorite the first time through, and I think it will be my favorite again. All right. My number one is another book series. Your favorite book of all time. Book series. It's the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Because it's kind of all one story. If Um, I had to pick. No, it's not. If I had to pick. You do have to pick. One of the seven, my favorite would be the horse and his boy. Okay, I can see that being someone's favorite. It's probably my uh, my fifth favorite, my sixth favorite, third or fourth favorite. It's a good one. I liked it b- best of all because it's the whole thing takes place in Narnia. You don't have any little bit mm-hmm. of people from our world. Mm-hmm. It's just if it felt those are technically both incorrect, but I know what you mean. <laughs> it felt well yes you've still got peter susan edmund and lucy but they've been in narnia for a while they're no longer really part of our world they're narnians uh at heart and the it just felt like it's a also, lot more it also takes place in uh Callerman and uh it was just archenland of, which is technically outside narnia archenland not archenland very little takes place in Narnia proper. Shut up. And I just like it because it felt like more of a window and an expansion into that world. I, You know, for that reason, I also really like The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. That's my favorite. I really like the exploration of that one. We're getting yep. to... He broadens the map. I just... I really liked those. Yes. Yeah, that would be my favorite, I believe. Uh, when we did uh, favorite... Uh, like favorite elements in books or i don't remember what we called it but things we really like in a story one All of mine elements. was yeah. was seafaring the sea seafaring hey what's your favorite island that they go to visit oh boy uh maybe the nightmare island that's my favorite too that is a really good one yeah what a great creation yep yep all right so this is the last one that i thought we might have a crossover on i'm guessing it's not your number one uh that one is an honorable mention as well. Um, I cannot listen to you. How is this not on your top ten? I mean, like like I said, it's probably in my top 15. Look. So that's still the top 1% of all the books I've read. For me to put a children's book yeah, in one of the top 10 the, books. That's what's so incredible about this books. series is that... 
Uh, I think it's pretty any, good. Any book in the series of in the Chronicles of Narnia, yeah. uh, you can pick it up as a child and enjoy it. You can pick it up as a teen mm-hmm. and enjoy it on another level. Sure. And then as an adult, it's not just nostalgia read. It's you're yeah. still really enjoying it. And you even ca- pick up on a few other things that you hadn't hadn't noticed before. Mm-hmm. And I also haven't reread any of them except for the first one. Um, you know, since high school maybe so well i have read and reread and reread Mm -hmm. these i've read them a bunch of times probably five or six times through the series seven times i don't know i don't know track that as a child but you think yeah you think that after 10 years of marriage i would i would i feel like top 15 out of 1100 plus books is is pretty decent but keep uh, on trotting out that number i just want you to understand the math of it that's a lot of books Top so ten is very few. So for me to leave off a children's book is not should not be shocking. <laughs> what's your number one? Uh so my number one is by Neil Stevenson. Uh a nearly one thousand page book that I read in ten days. What? Is it Seven Eves? Uh no. I oh. do really like Seven Eves. That one is I think that one's my second favorite. Um yeah, uh, that one's Seven Eves is my second favorite of his. Anathem. Anav- oh, okay, that was the other one. That one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, that one was like pure Nessie, um, but for ten days in a row, <laughs> where I devoured it. Um, I saw so little of you during that time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was before kids. That was that was a, a time when I could just disappear for for a whole week plus. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I, I talked about it. I, I've talked about it at some point. I don't remember what list it was. Um, but uh, it's you know, maybe that was after we had kids. Now that I think about it, I guess that was here in Mobile. But uh, anyway, it's it's a uh, a world uh, which you very quickly realize is not ours. And there's all these terms thrown at you that you don't understand. You don't know what's going on. Um, there's these characters. They're in some sort of like, it seems like a religious convent at first, but they're like a monastery. But uh, they're not religious. They're they're scholars. And so you're, you know, you're trying to figure out what's going on and what's what this world is. And uh, there's... Um, uh, there's a lot of talking, there's a lot of, of math and philosophy, and just people sit, uh, just whole chapters of people sitting around talking philosophy, which, uh, I mean, if you like the Council of Elrond scene in Lord of the Rings, that's how many pages, like 40 pages or something of them just talking, uh, and it's fascinating. And so this is uh, on that level of, it seems like it should be boring, talked about that last time or a month ago with Jane Eyre, seems like it should be boring and is just uh, just completely engrossing. Uh, so I'll have to reread this one at some point uh, for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good putting it as my number one. Um, I, I, I could see it going down below Lord of the Rings um, or below Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, but uh, I, I don't see it, uh, getting knocked out of the top three with the current books that I've read. Obviously I could, you can always read 
another amazing book that could shoot right up. We're about to talk about that here in the stinger, so you keep looking while I give some honorable mentions. Uh, we talked about uh, Voyage of the Dawn Treader already. Um, another classic uh, that I really like is the Iliad, um, and maybe that one was because that was like when I was starting to read the classics, and that one was one I expected to be really boring and just uh, you know eat my vegetables. It's going to be good for me, and really enjoyed. Uh, so that one gets honorable mentioned. Uh, I really like the uh, we're talking about kids books. Um, that still are enjoyable to read as an adult. The Chronicles of Prydain, I think yeah. I would put above Narnia, as no. heretical as that is, no. uh, for a Christian to to knock <laughs> C.S. Lewis down a peg. <laughs> um, I, really like those. I like those a lot, but quite a bit. Lewis is better. Um, and uh, you know, got to give a shout out to Moon People, <laughs> which I was very, 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 very close. Like. It was on my list an hour ago, and I decided I would not actually put it on my top ten and favorite books of all time. that way, you could but take the high ground and say, I don't have a villain's by necessity on my list. I, I, I guess I probably would have said something like that. No, it's, villain's by necessity is not that bad. But uh, just talking about for enjoyment in reading and how much fun I had reading, easily top ten for moon people. So... That gets, gets a little uh, shout-out from me. Way to go, uh, Dale M. Courtney. <laughs> Keep trucking, man. Uh, so what about you? You want to mention a few more? Yeah. Okay, so... We didn't talk the, about already. The Inkheart Trilogy by uh, yeah. uh, Diana F- Funky? Funke? Funke. Yeah, Funke. Um, I, I only got a... I meant to read the entire trilogy last last year and i only got around to the first one so i still need to get to the last two and that's really for me where the this story really picks up um but i i remember just uh having an anathem moment where i devoured uh book Mm -hmm. two and then could not wait to get book three and it uh finally got it and you were i was like bye honey (laughs) see you in another few days and and you you did not see me for a little while. That was <laughs> that was wonderful. Uh, then of course Dirk Gently Dracula. I loved that book. Uh, but and I I intend to reread it. It's been on my shelf now, my bedside shelf for <laughs> months. Yeah. And I haven't got around to it. But I was thinking about trying to do it for next week too. We'll see. I've got a Wheel of Time book and I've got Moby Dick to get through. So, but I might try to squeeze Dracula in there too. <laughs> then there's Captain Blood from last year, Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne Jones. Mm. That I love that one. That one's great. Right, just under Archer's Goon for for greatness. Something Wicked, the first fifteen lives of Harry August, wow. which I read last year. Yep, uh, I've got to reread it. To make sure. The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Gotta reread that it. That's possible. But yeah. Possible the Princess Bride. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we we quit halfway through that one last time. Last time. I think I don't think that one does well as a read aloud. I think hmm. it's better as, okay. as a solo. Okay. Going Postal is another yep. great Pratchett That's my novel. number two. Neverwhere. Pratchett. I, it's, I might take it off this list. Might take it off. It's good. Yeah. It's not that Four great. Four stars. 
It, yeah, I don't know that it's uh, top 26 level. The Hobbit. I was so impressed with how yeah. good that book is. Chronicles of Perdain, Anubis Gates. I read that last year. Can't wait to reread it. That one is really good. Let's see if that, that makes one, it. Yeah, that one would have been on my favorites list if we had done this, uh, you know, a couple years a couple ago. Years ago, yeah. I still really like it. Yeah. I'll give that one an honorable mention. I am Legend. It doesn't deserve to be on the top ten, but it's a really good one. Very good. And then Dune. Yeah, that's a solid list. I'd say yeah. I'd take any of those above Villains by Necessity. Yeah, I know, and I understand. <laughs> but but uh, haters gonna hate, 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 hate. I know. Our favorites are our favorites. It's Don't okay. apologize. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, no, that was fun. So uh, that w- it was. Uh, it was fun putting that list together. I think it's gonna be even more fun to come back in five years and mm-hmm. see how much it's changed. Yeah. Because uh, still intend to read not a hundred books a year but hopefully several great books a year. And uh, yeah, I, I'm i looking forward to it. Uh, so why don't you give them our, our contact information? All right. Well, you can email us, tto at coser.us, or go to our website, tto.coser.us. And you add a slash 139, it'll take you straight to the show notes for this episode. Mm-hmm. I believe we have comments set back up. Yeah, we do on yep. the website. Yep. So you can comment there or email us or uh, any other way. If you happen to know us, text message, uh, see us in person, Facebook, email, whatever. Semaphore, smoke signals. Definitely would We're like to hear picky. what your favorite book is. That's one of my go-tos uh, when somebody... You know, we're doing like uh, the Christmas gift exchange at work or yeah, something like that. And somebody wants to know what I want them to get uh, your favorite book. So send me your, your favorite book recommendations. I yeah. like to read books that are somebody's favorite. Doesn't always work for me. But, but that helps to sell it. Yes. The fact that somebody loves this, it's got to have something good going for it. That's right. Please don't send moon people to someone. I know people. Uh, would love moon people i think that you on the cover of the book people love moon people uh right under amazon gave moon people amazon gives moon people five stars (laughs) that is a pretty which is printed on the cover i love it so which is not true and also not true (laughs) amazon doesn't give ratings and also the people is, on Amazon yeah. did not give it five stars. So, <laughs> doubly amazing. Anyway, right. it's not the Moon People show. It's the favorite yes. all-time book show. Yes, so. and it's time to wrap it up. So, let's uh Let's, let's wrap it up. Do you know what we're going to be doing going? next? You know what they're uh, going to be hearing next? It's is, one we've already recorded. Uh, it's the, the Wheel of Time episode, of course. It is not. The next one that they're going to hear is... Our children's book culling episode. Then Wheel of Time. Then another books episode, then another one. Don't get your hopes up too much for that that children's book. It's not too exciting. But I'm Melissa Kozer. Brian Kozer. I'm listening to 10 to 1. You never want to overhype something, but uh, you're already reading it. So I I think I can safely say that Moby Dick 
could easily get on to my top 10 favorites. It's, again, you go into a book, you, you, you know you're going to respect it. You know it's highly regarded, but it was written over 100 years ago, and you think, you know, uh, am I going to be able to get into this? Uh, I was reading Robinson Crusoe, or I'm still finishing it up, and boy, that book is a slog. Um, and so you kind of expect that going in to something like Moby Dick with its reputation. I haven't got to the long whale whale chapters yet, all about uh, cetology, the study of whales, but, uh, I mean, they haven't even set sail yet, but <laughs> what an amazing book so far. I'm loving it. Uh, you've read, what, the first chapter? I have, yeah. Yeah, so any, any not, thoughts just from the first chapter? It has not been what I expected. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of went into it thinking, like, I, every time I heard Moby Dick referenced, mm -hmm. it was like, ah, oh, so many chapters on whaling. Right. Just give me the plot and be done with it. Right. And so, uh, you know, you kind of form a, an idea about the book based on that. And I was like, oh, boy, th I, this is going to be a slog. And mm -hmm. I'll stick with it for the for the podcast that we're listening to, um, the deep dive on it. And it actually has been pretty pretty easy reading and kind of funny. And then it, yeah, even the I stuff at the beginning. I was laughing the first page. I know. So. Even the stuff at the beginning with just quote after quote. Oh, yeah. Because it has the mention of a whale in it. And even there were like a couple of quotes that didn't have anything to do with whaling. It's like, why is this here? Right. Um, the first 20 pages of the of the preface or whatever it's called are Bible verses and quotations from books about whales. So. Even that was like, okay, okay. Oh, mutinies is the other the, thing, I yeah, believe. Playing the whales game. and mutinies are what ah, the quotes are about. So ah, that's, that's why that's the tie. Yep. So I, I, I can easily see this, uh, going above Jane Eyre and being my favorite classic. We'll see. I know the general plot, read the Great Illustrated Classic edition as a kid, abridged, heavily abridged, so I know yeah, the plot, know where it's here. going, like seafaring, as I was saying before, so uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. What about you, Do you scroll through your Goodreads and... Yeah, I've got a list of six. Oh, well, right. well, well. I'm maybe, I'll go, maybe I'll go grab a couple more while you're... <laughs> well, there's Jane Eyre, which you have praised up and down, uh, That and I'm a, I put yeah, it on oops, the list... Daisy. Before before you reminded me that it was your number one, yeah. Um, for last year, but yeah, I've got high hopes for this. And then there's the lottery by Shirley Jackson. I really That's like Shirley story. Jackson. It's a short story. Um, but there has and I don't really rem remember too much. I I wanted to go into this pretty blind. Um, and that's what people on Goodreads were saying. Um, like it's a short short story. Like oh. Yeah, it's like 20 15. pages. Yeah, yeah, 20 pages. So Yeah. But Would you put a 20 page even if you really liked it, would you put a 20 page story in your favorite books? If you could print it I'd have to think about it. In a pamphlet. It depends. I would I have high hopes for this. Um Would you say a a 5 minute film is one of your 10 favorite movies? You know what I mean? I think that's a good analogy. What else you got? Anyway, I, in fact, I think there are some really short films. Um, look, on Up, I know it's not the a film, uh, but there's like the first five minutes of Up. 
that that Disney Pixar movie. Yeah. I feel like that could be a short film all on its own. It could, but yeah, I wouldn't re- say it's a top 10 movie of all time. I guess I wouldn't. All right. Okay. But it's it whatever. Anyway, my next one would be um another one I was I'm considering is Anna Kar- Karenina mm-hmm. by That's nice. Tolstoy, Second favorite from right? last year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so it looks really interesting. And then uh, another one, Russian, is The Brothers Karamazov. That one looks right up my alley by Dostoevsky. Yep. Then there's Scaramouche by Rafael Sabatini, mm-hmm. who wrote Captain Blood. And last of all, Anathem. All right. Uh, just scrolling through, I've got 800 books on my to-read list. Um, you better get cracking, sonny boy. Yeah, I should probably go through and, and delete a few of these, but uh, I could see something like um, uh, maybe a Charles Dickens, like maybe David Copperfield. I like at least the idea of of the uh, the Bildungsroman story of a, a person's life, um, or maybe uh, maybe going back and reading the the Hornblower books. Yeah, I um, want to read this. I could, I could see those being up there. So definitely when I read a when I pick up a book, I want it to have the chance of being a five star book. Oh yeah. So yeah. I if I know it's not going to be great, I know. it's really hard to like I said, eight hundred books that I've at least some point in my life said I want to read that. There's not I'm not gonna be able to read them all. So if it doesn't have a chance of getting onto this list, then what's the point? Yeah. I'll agree. 